I'm Maggie Rose and these are Tales from Here Beyond. This is a fantasy podcast of stories which will take you far away to other worlds to help you sleep, to help you relax or just to leave this world for a short while. These are episodes that can be listened to in any order at any time or you can listen to them in order and let the stories and the mysteries of the world unravel as you go. This series is called The Moonless World, in a land of mountains and moors and mysterious lakes, in a time before the stars where the only light was the moon and her gentle glow, and how one day she suddenly disappears and leaves the world in darkness and fear. So settle in, get comfortable, and come with me on a tale from here beyond. The King and the Tracker Once the moon went away, and the people did not know what to do, for this was before the days of the stars, and they did not know any other light. The kingdom panicked and turned to their leaders to save them. The king in this time lived in a castle on a rock, which stuck out far above the shore of a great lake. He was young and eager to prove himself, and he avowed to find the moon, for surely she could not have wandered too far. He packed a bag of provisions, of dried fish and bannocks, and strapped a sword to his back, just in case he had to intimidate the moon to return to her perch in the sky. The young king set off in his horse and carriage, so he could travel by candlelight. He soon discovered that he was no tracker, however, and could not locate the moon, no matter how hard he looked, So at the next inn, he hired one. This tracker was a strange fellow. He preferred to stay in the dark and turned away from any candles which were lit in his company. The king was not certain he had ever seen his face fully, but the tracker was confident in his job and he soon found some tracks which may lead to the missing moon. The tracker and the king followed the trail. After a short while they had to abandon the carriage as the trail headed into the great wilderness and the carriage would not last there. The tracker and the king walked for miles and more miles after that. The tracker seemed never to tire but the king grew weary quickly. He had never left his castle on a rock before and now he was leagues from all he knew. He was following a stranger in the dark on sore feet and failing legs. The fifth time that the king tripped over his own feet in the same hour, perhaps falling asleep, perhaps from leaden muscles, perhaps both, the tracker said, let us rest. The king's relief was almost greater than his embarrassment at his poor ability. He had left his castle on the rock thinking that he would find the moon himself in very little time, and yet he could not keep up with this tracker. He began to suspect that he was part of something a little larger than himself, which was strange, because usually his will turned the earth, or at least his kingdom. He wondered, for the first time in his life, whether he was not up to the task. Perhaps you should leave and go ahead without me, said the king to the tracker. The tracker watched the king from beneath his hood. The fire the king had lit flickered in front of him. Why, your lordship? he asked. The king paused a moment, unsure how to respond. If he were to say the truth, that he did not think he was fast or good enough, the very idea of kingship may be at question. I will still pay you, he replied instead. Very well, your lordship, 
said the tracker, and he got up and left the king in the ring of crackling firelight, disappearing easily into the dark of the moonless night. The king dozed for a while, falling in and out of restless sleep. He dreamed of ghosts and a moonless kingdom forever. Eventually, the cold of the ground seeped into his bones and he itched to move, so the king got up. The fire had died. It had become a small mound of ash and burnt broken sticks. The king ate some dried fish and lit a candle. He decided to follow the tracker, for there was no point in going to the castle on the rock when the moon was still gone. He was no king at all if he could not bring the moon back to his people in some way. He found the tracker's footprints in the frosted mud and followed them deeper into the wilderness. He walked up hills and through valleys, across ancient riverbeds and past crumbling buildings. The wilderness was full of strange sounds and shadows which fluttered just out of the king's sight, past the simple stretch of the candlelight. It occurred to the king that without the tracker's expertise, perhaps he should be afraid of the darkness and of the wilds. But the king had never left his castle on the rock before, and did not know what to be afraid of the wilds meant. Eventually, the king came to a wood, where the tracker's footprints seemed to tread into nothing. Why must everyone disappear? The king asked the cold air. The cold air did not reply. The king sat by a tree, ignoring how cold he became, ignoring how the frost seemed to climb his back, and ignoring the increasing volume of the strange sounds around him. The king spoke softly to himself, or perhaps to his candle. I am lost, and I am afraid, he said. After a moment of thought, he added, And I am useless. I shall never see the moon again. His candle blew out. The king cried out in frustration, and then he quickly quietened, for he realised there was something strange happening in the wood. A murmuring of voices seemed to sit in the air, and the breeze vibrated uncomfortably on his skin. He tried to leap to his feet, but his back seemed to be stuck fast to the tree behind him. Thick ice had trapped him to its trunk. His breath came out in panicked explosions of blue air. The king yanked himself free of the tree and ran away from the woods, but he found that there did not seem to be a place away from the woods. He did not think he had walked very far into the trees, but it seemed they went on forever now. It seemed as though he had made a big mistake. Was this why the tracker's footprints had disappeared? After some time, the king came to a copse. It appeared to glow with its own light, as though the moon were inside, waiting for him. The king sped up his gate, for he felt almost certain that the moon was there. He had followed the tracker to this wood, after all, and the tracker was very good. Perhaps this tracker had lost himself to the ice, and now the king was to be the one to find the moon, after all. Foolish man, said the king, as he grew close to the milky glow of the copse, thinking of how he had managed to get further than the tracker. Then the king thought harder. Although I am the king, he said to the air, and so it is right that I am the one to find the moon when he could not. Poor man, he decided, thinking of how cold and panicked the sticking ice of the trees had been and what a terrible fate that would be to befall a person. The king burst into the copse where the glow burned brighter still, but when he entered the ring of trees, it was not as he imagined. There was no moon to greet him. In the centre of the copse was a great fire, which blazed an icy blue. The king edged closer to it. He had never seen such a sight before, 
and wondered at its origin. The closer he got, he realised that despite its colour, it was warm. And so the king sat and he basked in its strange light for a while. From behind him, the king heard a crackle and a footstep. He turned to see the tracker come out from the gloom. You're alive, cried the king, and the tracker nodded. As are you, he said. Have you found the moon? the king asked. The tracker shook his head. She is lost for good, your lordship. The king grimaced. I see, he said. Well, in that case, we will have to find an alternative. I believe this fire is a solution to the kingdom's problems. If only I could find a way to remove it. The tracker sat with the king and they admired its icy heat together. In the light, the king could see the tracker's face for the first time. He had a long nose and dark eyebrows. The king wondered why the tracker had always been so hesitant to show his face before. Perhaps that was simply his way. Perhaps it made him feel safer. And perhaps now, he did not feel like he had to hide himself from the king anymore. Are you able to lead us out of these woods? asked the king. Yes, said the tracker. A magical trick makes it more difficult, but I can see past it. Good, said the king. We will take a branch of this fire and take it back to the kingdom, and perhaps its great light will help. So the king and the tracker stood. But as they did so, something occurred to the king. They were being watched, but not by anything in the trees. The fire flickered dangerously. The tracker took a branch from a tree and looked at the king curiously. Here, your lordship, he said, and passed the king the branch. The king did not take it and waited for the tracker to light the branch. As he did so, the fire seemed to grow larger and larger still. They watched as it reached a great height, extending far above the trees, its light almost too bright to look at, its reach almost too hot to bear. The tracker cried in pain as he still held the branch to the fire, though it still did not catch. A great booming voice came from within it. In exchange for a piece of my flame, it said, I will take you. A great limb of the icy fire reached out and grabbed the tracker by the waist. The king cried out and attempted to pull the tracker, but the fire was so hot he was pressed back. He could see the branch that the tracker had dropped. It had stuck fast in the great fire and was vibrating gently, waiting for the king to take it. The tracker screamed with pain and the king could hear the roar of the clothes that burned with him. The king knew he should take the branch and leave, but he also believed that without the tracker he may never leave the wood, and more than that, Deep within him, he knew that there was another reason he should not run. He knew that he should stay and save the tracker. The king pulled off his sword and his sack of provisions. He took off his royal doublet and his well-made boots. He steeled himself, then ran to the fire, ignoring the pain of the icy fire and the lick of its hungry, cruel heat. He grabbed a hold of the tracker and he pulled him away from the fire. You will take me instead, great fire, he cried. I will be your sacrifice. The fire let go of the tracker and took the king instead. The king burned. And then suddenly, he did not. He found himself on his hands and knees in the copse with the tracker and he was alive. The fire was small and weak and its glow diminished. What happened? asked the king. The tracker looked tired and in pain. Across his chest was a great scorch mark. The king looked down to see his body was covered in the same. They felt cold to the touch. 
the tracker took the king's hand and stood him up. I told the fire being that we did not need his flame and that you were to be released. That is all. The tracker helped the king put his boots and jacket back on. What are we to do now then? To save the kingdom? asked the king. We must keep looking for the moon, replied the tracker. The king shook his head. But how? She is lost forever. She will not be found. We will never return to the castle on the rock. The tracker smiled. Then you will not have to pay me. The king smiled too. And he was no longer the king. He was a man. And he had nothing to prove. Thank you for listening to this story from the Moonless World. I want to thank James at Big Dog Studios for editing the episode. And join me next week for another story in this series of Tales from Here Beyond. And if you have any friends, relatives or loved ones that you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. I'm Maggie Rose and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tales with Maggie and on Patreon. See you next week in the Here Beyond. <laughs>